Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. The topic today, soul pollution. Okay, that's, that's my word for it. But what, it's such a fine line trying to figure out that balance between, well, entertainment. We're talking about entertainment, and in America, we're bombarded by ideas through entertainment, whether that be books, music, movies, DVDs. What about comic books? What about kids' cartoons now? Well, we're going to be talking about a new uh, Marvel series and, and comics and, and things that you, would, you wouldn't you would think would be really blatantly um, occult-driven or demonic, but yet many of them are. So I want to talk about Good Fight Ministries for a moment. I'm so blessed by this ministry. Uh, we used to live out in Southern California, attended Blessed Hope Chapel for a season there in Simi Valley. And Good Fight Ministries is just a phenomenal discernment ministry, and uh, they've got so much information. Uh, the, the, the famous series Pastor Joe Schimmel did uh, decades ago was called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And that has actually led to the salvation of countless thousands of people because they were really into rock music or, or pop music. And so um, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Good Fight. They also have a network, a streaming radio station, 24-7. You can download the app. It's called the Good Fight Radio Network. They've got Christian content. They've got music and worship. But mainly they have pastors and teachers throughout the day, 24-7. So the Good Fight Radio Network you can get that at goodfightradio.org. But I was so blessed in that I um, just checked out their their books that they have available on their website, and they still promote my writing, and they have my books available, Canceling Christianity and The Cost of Our Silence. So I'm very thankful to them uh, for uh, having just making my books available as well. So goodfight.org. I want to share a scripture with you because the topic is um, entertainment. That's kind of like the loose topic here today. But more importantly, what do we allow in through the gates, uh, the gateway of our minds and our hearts? Um, in Colossians, it says, set your heart on things above. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. I want to read Galatians 6, which says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So this is talking about, well, you know, the whole planting a seed. A seed is planted. And we're talking about children in this context now. Because Pastor Joe Shimlin, Good Fight Ministries, do a lot of exposés on Hollywood. 
and children, young people, and, and I'm talking about Christian children because they're in this world, yes, not of this world, right, if they're saved and converted, but they are in this world. They're looking at their Hollywood idols, their favorite celebrities, their, whether that be music or whether that be movies or TV shows or whatever. And it's very dangerous, guys, when we allow this into the church and we don't have this discernment that, that, that God warns us about in Scripture and Paul and the, the writers of the New Testament. So um, I want to read a little bit, just a simple question over the years. I wrote a chapter, gosh, 12, 10, 12 years ago in my first book called Soul Pollution. <laughs> this, this chapter rated M for mature. And I was just going through some of the current at that time, um, television programs, primetime TV, and our grandparents and our great-grandparents would be shocked and astounded if they saw what was on television today. Right, I'm just going to go through a little bit because the FCC, they, they do not censor content. So Hollywood can push the envelope, and they do. And they can throw demonic materials and, and, and things into their TV programs and movies. They can put promiscuity. They can put really almost, almost soft porn. What our great grandparents and what our grandparents would probably consider perverse, pornographic, offensive, and it should never have been allowed on TV or the movies. So my point is, as Christians, we have gradually gone along with this. We have gradually allowed this to come into now our homes through what are the streaming services that aren't Christian? Uh, well, uh, Amazon, is it Prime, Netflix, wherever you can watch movies, you can pull it up on your phone. That's how easy that children can access whatever they want to access on their phone. So this is dangerous. But anyway, the new product from Good Fight Ministries, uh, and we're going to connect with Pastor Joe Schimmel in just a few minutes. Uh, it's called Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda. And I just want to read something in the description. You can get this DVD online. You can also watch it on uh, streaming services. But the DVD's description, it says, Marvel, meaning Marvel Comics, and DC's War on God is an eye-opening expose series that documents how popular comic books and the movies that they have spawned are riddled with anti-Christian themes that glorify violence, sexual perversion, blasphemy, and the occult. Many leading comic book writers, now listen to this, friends, many leading comic book writers have admitted that they are using seduction, manipulation, the occult, and even the Bible to influence our children to view the God of the Bible as from a twisted slant, as a lie, as he's, he's evil, or he doesn't love you, or whatever. So the documentary series, it's, it's, this is part one, the Antichrist Agenda. It features information on blasphemous content in film, TV, uh, writers of comics, writers of movies, including content in Superman, Batman, Venom, I don't even know what that is, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Avengers. So the documentary is designed to help parents and young people 
to better discern the underlying messages in many popular comic books and movies that affect millions of professing Christian families. It says, as we seek to know the Lord and follow his word, it is imperative that we are wise to the ways of the evil one in pop culture. So this is about discerning entertainment. So let's bring in Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries. He's the pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel, Simi Valley, California. And he's got a powerful testimony of the transforming power of Jesus Christ in his own, in his own life. And he, again, they sold their souls for rock and roll, a very influential expose. And now we're going to talk about Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda. Pastor Joe, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Man, Dave, it's great to be back on with you again, bro. Hey, it's great to have you. We've just gone through the description of the brand new product you guys have, part one in a seven-part series, and that this one, uh, Marvel's Marvel and DC's War on God. So um, first of all, let's catch up with you before we jump into this, Joe. I watched a little bit of your video with Chad, uh, Chad Davidson, um, the Good Fight Radio Network. We just really appreciate the content you continue to put out. I also mentioned uh, to our family and friends in, in Christ the Good Fight Radio Network to download the app. But we're talking about soul pollution today. And I, I want to ask you about something that I don't know a lot about, and that would be Dr. Strange. Can you tell us a little bit about this? You were talking to Chad about this. Who is Dr. Strange, and how does that fit into uh, you know Christians discerning entertainment? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and, and actually, it's interesting you start with that as your lead question, because it'll explain a lot, and it's such a, uh, Doctor Strange, the, the biggest Marvel movie that's come out recently, actually last month, was uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and he's become a main character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, so the Cinematic Universe is basically, you know, the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. which happen to be the top movie franchise of all time now, a number one, and uh, Chicago Tribune's top ten list, so we see the, how you know the mass influence on the children. But regarding Doctor Strange, uh, he's a sorcerer, and uh, he's been around since the uh, '60s. Uh, but his first incarnation was not as Doctor Strange; it was as Doctor Droom, uh, not to be confused with Doctor Doom, D O O M, but Doctor Droom, like broom but with a D. Uh, and Doctor Droom uh, was the first, you know, sorcerer that Marvel, you know, put out. Uh, is the first in regard to it being an incarnation, first incarnation of Doctor Strange, and then he became Doctor Druid, and then uh, Stan Lee, uh, one of the top comic writers ever, uh, he said, "Let's bring back and head of Marvel for so many years." Uh, he said, "Let's bring back this." He wanted to bring back the Sorcerer, so he brought him back in the form of Doctor Strange. And I give you a little bit of that history because people are. I mean, when I cried out to God and, and said, Lord, if this is as evil as this is seeming as far as a lot of the messages coming through the comic movies, I knew virtually little or to nothing about comics, you know. Mm-hmm. Took the kids to a couple Spider-Man movies <laughs> uh, thinking, you know, oh, that's got to be finally something tame I could bring my kids to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Only to uh, see Aunt May crying out to God uh, through the Lord's Prayer and praying this on a dictation on her knees, yep. delivers from evil. And God didn't show up, and yep. Green Goblin almost killed her, and she's in the hospital. But your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could come for, to the rescue. So I, I, I just, that was my first experience. I was like, okay, hopefully this isn't the ride they're taking people on. And it just got worse and worse. 
So one day I just cried out to God and in, in my office after I saw a trailer, I said, Lord, because I stopped going to those or taking them, uh, you know, and so forth. And I was like, what, you know, what's going on here? So I cried out to the Lord, Dave, and, and uh, when, one day when I saw a trailer, I said, Lord, if the same thing's happening in the cinematic universe as is happening in the music industry that we reveal, yep. it's that dark, you know, please burn it on my heart. But that's the last thing I look forward to getting into because I was, I'm incredibly busy. The next morning I woke up and it was burning on my heart. And what I found was crazy. And one of the first things I w- was looking into was uh, Dr. Strange. So it's kind of interesting. That's, you know, he just blew up about five years ago was his first movie. They waited a little bit to roll out the sorcerer. I don't think people were ready for it. They thought, and now he's become even, even darker, but this is what I found about Dr. Strange. And that's the movie still in theaters right now. And so forth is he's based on, he's based, on glorifying the character of Satanist Aleister Crowley. Mm, wow. And for, for your uh, audience, and you have a very educated audience, because I've been on with you before, uh, even been in your, uh, you know, seen a lot of the comments uh, when I visited your, your radio station's webpage, and I thought, wow, well, these folks, it's awesome, know what's going on. Uh, but for those who don't, uh, uh, briefly, Aleister Crowley was not only the highest regarded Satanist of the last century, and uh, the cornerstone of modern occultism, but he said he wanted to get hold of Satan uh, personally, and he wasn't just content to serve him, he wanted to be his chief of staff. So he's a Satanist organizer. He talked about bringing in the new Eon, the age of Antichrist. He even signed his name, the Beast, 666, and he said, uh, we're coming to this age of Horus, the hawk-headed god, replacing the age of Christianity, and he wrote, with my hawk's head, as he basically uh, you know, wrote as the mouthpiece of its spirit entity, which he called I was, which was, he identifies in his footnotes as Satan. He said, with my hawk's head, I will peck out the eyes of Jesus as he hangs upon the cross. And he would crucify frogs as part of his rituals. And he was a leader of the Ordo Templi Orientis, which is around to this day. Uh, and one of the rituals is to take a frog and say, Lo, Jesus of Nazareth, I have you in my power. And then to crucify oh my that frog on a cross. So we're talking about a very, very wicked man. So nobody thinks that this is not a really big deal. Right. And he was in the pedophilia. I think you've seen the Kinsey syndrome, bro. Yep. Well, Dr. Strange, uh, strange as it is, <laughs> uh, pun intended, because it is very strange. Uh, if, if your audience just, you know, when they get the time, types in Dr. Not Doom, but Dr. Droom, and they see this bald-headed man. And you'll know <laughs> when you do this, Dave, because you've seen Crowley. And then you see Crowley's most infamous picture, uh, pedophile, encourage child sacrifice, all these things. And you see Crowley's ball-headed picture. You'll see he's a spitting image of Satan and Celestia Crowley. Mm-hmm. But not just that. He has the same origin story as Crowley, very much so, both from England, uh, not in the cinematic universe they made him from the United States, but I'm talking about how they, as they rolled him out. Uh, so you look at Dr. Strange, or you looked at Dr. Drew from England, you know, went to the Himalayas, synthesized Western Eastern occultism, they both use the eye in the triangle. Mm-hmm. Crowley's symbol is the eye in the triangle. This is the eye of Agamotto with uh, Dr. Strange. Uh, they, they practice their magic. Doc, uh, Crowley practices magic in something he blasphemously called Sanctum Sanctorum, which would be Holy Holies in, in Latin. Well, you look at Dr. Strange, he practices magic in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, we show all these parallels that it's wow. very obvious that they got this from Crowley. And now, you know, going to the 1970s now, it was developed in the, in the late, you know, first Dr. Dream. Then he got really developed more in the 70s, Dr. Strange, under the man named Stephen Englehart. 
uh, who, you know, is the lead writer for Marvel and DC, actually re- revamped DC's characters in, in the 70s. And, in fact, I just heard an interview with him not too long ago where the, he's been interviewed, and the interviewer, the host, says, begins the show with, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and in that interview, it comes out that, uh, you know, that he, we already knew this because I showed the pictures of him in his hoodie and everything, or his, his, uh, his ritualistic robe. He was a member of the Order Templi Orientis, Stephen Engelhardt. Mm-hmm. And he spent a lot of time with the leader of Crowley's satanic organization. And they laugh about how he smuggled Crowley's stuff into that character. And and basically, and the parents were none the wiser as a result of it because their kids were, uh, you know, people didn't realize what was going on. So it's really interesting. Let me give you, Dave, one, uh, and keep in mind, this is the big character right now that just, the movie just came out. So kids are being introduced to, and by the way, uh, Raimi, the director, uh, people freaked out because it's like, wow, this is like a horror movie that's being introduced to Marvel. Uh, of course, Disney owns Marvel, and you know a lot. Dave, about what Disney's about. Yep. So I'll give you one story, that, and it shows the Gnostic. Basically, uh, Steve Englehart uh, probably had what he called the Gnostic Mass. In Gnosticism, Gnosticism was the greatest threat to the early church in the, in the first, second, third century, and now we have a, a, a retooling of Gnosticism in the form of the New Age movement today, which is the main religion of Hollywood. Uh, so Gnosticism basically taught that we're basically a prison planet, uh, in that the God that created us uh, is evil, and we must be set free through the philosophy of do what thou wilt and not follow his moral teachings and so forth. Uh, well, uh, probably practice the Gnostic Mass. So God is evil, the Creator is evil, and being into the spiritual world, which is really demonic, talking about the demonic side of it, and, and contacting spirit entities and uh, the philosophy of do what thou wilt, that will set you free, even as Satan told Eve, you know, she could be free if she partook of the tree of knowledge, which lead to death. Well, this is a story uh, with, you know, a lot of, you know, comic folks look at, you know, who's the biggest character, who's the most powerful character. Well, some will say Sisseneg, but Sisseneg is this evil character. But really, he's portrayed as Yahweh by Stephen Engelhart. Now, before I get into the story a little bit, uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen Engelhart, uh, you know, we have a letter I found online from him to uh, Jimmy Page, who, as you know, was also a follower of Lester Crowley, the, um, most, one of the most popular bands of all time, Led Zeppelin, yep. you know, Stairway Heaven, all those songs. Uh, we show the letter where he's asking him if the OTO can use his home, which overlooks Loch Ness, which used to belong to Lester Crowley, to have their OTO meetings. <laughs> wow. It's really yep. strange. Oh, it's also strange. Anyway, so in this story, uh, Dr. Strange, of course, is portrayed as the good guy, uh, Alan Moore, who is the top writer uh, for uh, when you usually get a list of top writers in the comic world, Alan Moore, who's also a Gnostic, practices Crowley's magic. Uh, he said he liked how he likes how Crowley makes the Satanists the good guys in his writings. Right. Hmm. Well, in, in this story from Stephen Engelhart, a follower of Crowley's teachings at the time, he has Doctor Strange is a good sorcerer, but there's a really evil sorcerer. His name is Sisseneg, and he's trying to stop Sisseneg from doing evil. But Sisseneg gets grows in power. Because Sisseneg is a time traveler who can absorb the power of other sorcerers. And Sisseneg goes back in time. King Arthur absorbs his sorcery powers. And as you go back in time through history toward Genesis, the beginning, uh, he's, get, he's getting bigger and bigger, has more and more power to where, you know, uh, 
Doctor Strange looks like a flea compared to him size-wise. He can't stop him. But then all of a sudden they arrive in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sisenag says he sees that the people are evil and they need to be destroyed. And then Doctor Strange says, don't. Deep down, these are really good people. And then he proceeds, Sisenag does, to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. And you see Lot and his wife and their kids leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he, so he's portrayed as evil. And, you know, uh, of course, you know, Dr. Strange is a humanitarian, but he can't stop him. Then you get to the creation point. You have Adam and Eve. They're, they're portrayed as ape hominids by, with the tree, the apple hanging and everything in paradise. Then they go before time and Sisenek recreates the entire universe, uh, into the image it is right now, the mm. universe that we're in right now, which is the main Marvel universe. Okay. Uh, and he says, no longer call me Sisenegg, call me Genesis. Wow. And, and yep, and Crowley taught his uh, followers, his disciples, to write backwards. Well, Sisenegg, Genesis is Sisenegg written backwards. Oh, We're my talking goodness. about Satanism yes. way back then, bro. Yes. 60s, 70s, and now it's just being accepted more. That's right. Cult. So now you have an occult, entire occult movie. Uh, That's right. Dr. Strange promoting the occult worldview. Hey, Pastor Joe, we've got to take our first break, but thank you for that history. It's going to lay the foundation nicely for what we're about to get into. And I think we're going to have to even mention the Harry Potter brand uh, when we come back. But we're going to ask Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries how widespread is the influence of popular, popular comics and superhero movies. And we're also going to continue to talk about the brand new series on Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up for the Truth with David Fiorazzo. Well, a couple months ago, we had Ray Comfort on the podcast, founder and CEO of Living Waters, and he said this, Joe Schimmel's documentaries are always cutting-edge, timely, and incredibly informative. Marvel and DC's War on God will not disappoint. And that's what we're talking about today, how Christians must be more discerning. We've got to guard our hearts and our minds, the gateway of our souls and what we take in when it comes to entertainment. So Pastor Joe Schimmel is with us, Good Fight Ministries. We were talking about Doctor Strange. That's the new one that's in the theaters now, and we talked before we got back on the air about the fact that Hollywood just continues to throw these demonic uh, uh, agendas and occult themes at us, and we barely bat an eye anymore. What would you like to, to uh, uh, finish up on when we talk about Doctor Strange? Well, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting that you, you mentioned Hollywood and what they're trying to promote. Doctor Strange, uh, uh, the movie that just came out, and the Multiverse of Madness, talking specifically about the movie now. Mm-hmm. And keeping in mind, there is an agenda. You know, not It's been around for years. We don't wrestle against Flesh and blood, the scriptures say, but against, you know, prince powers and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's a spiritual war, and the demonic rulers of the darkness are inspiring a lot of this evil. We see that when we look at the writers and the directors and so forth. Yes. Well, you, I'm pre, you probably covered, knowing you, Dave, and praise God, you know, just your opening to this section, you know. I always loved your heart, and you want people to be aware of what they're allowing in their hearts and their children's hearts, and, mm-hmm. and you're making them aware of many fronts. But uh, you'll remember probably about, a, a you know, maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, uh, the Disney animator, I mean, that, that Zoom call with all these yes. Disney leaders, yep. and one of the top Disney, you know, animators for television, uh, she, or producer, you know, she's like, 
man, we put queerness everywhere and people don't even know it and they're not even trying to stop us, you know, or no one's trying to stop me. It's like Disney owns Marvel, you know, and in this last uh, last movie in the Multiverse of Madness, you not only have, uh, there's two of the things on God's list of those who go to the Lake of Fire, which is absolutely heartbreaking how many people refuse to repent, but in Revelation 21.8, it mentions, right along with murderers, it mentions those who practice sorcery, you know? Mm-hmm. It mentions, uh, you know, uh, or, or sexual perversion. In Revelation 9, it says in the last days, people won't repent of those things I just mentioned, and that'll be, a, you know, a big thing. Well, there's been such a transformation of the worldview via uh, popular music industry and, and, and Hollywood, the occult, and uh, you know, the so-called, you know, the mainstream media that's just promoted a lot of these things and or, you know, fan the flames of this, that it's absolutely amazing in the in this particular movie, occultism uh, and even sexual, uh, uh, the promotion of this whole new sexual ideology, which came out of the 60s, that anything goes, uh, is there. In fact, uh, in the multiverse of madness, the, the, the you know, even though, you know, Doctor Strange is the main sorcerer. Uh, and then, of, of course, there's also the Scarlet Witch. And you'll remember maybe uh, that Crowley had what he called the Scarlet Woman. Uh, and it's and that gets really deep, what they're doing with that in, in the comics. Mm. It's like his counterpart, and she's called the Scarlet Witch uh, in, in the movie. Uh, and it's interesting, in that, in that movie, you've got these sorcerers, but there's a new gal. Well, she's not really new to the comics, but... She has this ability because it's the multiverse that you have to transverse, but she can just do it at will. And her name is America Chavez. And America Chavez in the comics is a lesbian. Uh, she, her, she comes from two mothers. The two moms are shown in the movie. Wow. Two moms, two lesbian moms. Uh, and she's part of the Young Avengers. And as part of the Young Avengers, uh, her and almost all, if not all, the Young Avengers are portrayed as transsexual or homosexual, you know, and what have you. And these are the young Avengers that are being introduced now, more and more have been in the comics. So it's quite crazy. So you have that going on, you know, and as the backdrop of, you know, and people want to know who these characters are, well, these young people, so they can be up on it and stuff, and they start to see, wow, this whole storyline. It basically normalizes, uh, as the Disney animators said, queerness. Yeah. So then you also have the sorcery that's being promoted in the movie. And there's, and by the way, Raimi, uh, who who is the director, he directed this thing, and he's known as a director of horror movies. And he's asked about the book, which is called Darkhold in the movie and also in the Marvel comics. And by the way, just keep in mind, <laughs> I was not a comic nerd, man. And when I prayed about this, I, I had to dive in and see what's going on here. And it's the same exact stuff that we expose in uh, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll in the music industry. So it's amazing because they got Darkhold become, it's this evil spell book that was written by an ancient demon that's written on human flesh and, and, and so forth. And you got to use this to, to, to do the magic in this, in this multiverse. Uh, and it's demonic. And, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange uses it, you know, Scarlet Witch has used it and, and, and so forth. And Raimi says, yeah, there's always this evil book, you know, his movies. And in his, in his movies, his horror movies where there's zombies and, and there's that going on, but believe it or not, in the Doctor Strange movie, skeletal zombies and so forth, and uh, a bunch of these spells that have been written now in this the satanic or temple by in hell mm-hmm. and what have you. And he and basically he's using this Darkhold book, and this is where you know you get power in, in this movie is through this Darkhold book. And he says, well, in my other in my other movies I use it. There's this constant book in his horror movies called the Necronomicon. Well, it's interesting if. 
people do a search on Simon Necronomicon, that's who supposedly wrote the Necronomicon, a very uh, popular book in the occult. Uh, even Wikipedia points out, you know, that it was uh, inspired by the writings of Lester Crowley. In fact, Simon, you'll see a guy by the name of David Lavenda, is he's actually in the, uh, uh, he, he's basically the guy who, uh, even though his name doesn't appear on the book, uh, he, that he, he is the one who actually wrote it. And he's the one who's been given uh, the copyright uh, with the Copyright Offices of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put the, well, guess what? He was a follower, a practitioner of a Lester Crowley's magic. Uh, so, and this is, uh, th- now you have the Darkhold book and the Necronomicon, by the way, uh, Marvel's version called the Necronomicon is part of the Marvel Universe. So, and then, of course, this book shows up in, in the movies. And then you have uh, the Scarlet Witch, and she becomes predominant, and she has two children. Now, this gets really crazy. <laughs> I'll just say it in a minute in case I lose everybody so okay. we get them back. Okay? <laughs> so, I get them, so we get them back. Is in Crowley's teaching, he taught about, you know, bringing forth a, a scarlet woman through magical practices. He taught uh, that you that you can use a scarlet woman and you can do sex. The whole thing was sex magic, you know, and you have like incubuses and succubuses, you know, sex demons and so forth. And you contact these entities and bring forth a moon child. Mm-hmm. But believe it or not, so this would be the scarlet woman, you know, working with demonic forces and the magician bringing forth a moon child. They hope to bring forth the Antichrist. Well, L. Ron Hubbard, as wild as this gets, the founder of Scientology, uh, he, you know, we, we play with audio clip where he says, my good friend, you know, Lester Crowley, who signed his name, the B666. Well, L. Ron Hubbard was working with Alan Parsons, I'm sorry, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was the co-founder of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory of NASA, the, you know, the premier rocket scientist of his time, liquid fuel and so forth. Uh, uh, these two were working together. He wrote a book called The Book of the Antichrist, believe it or not. Amazing. Jack Parsons. And he worked with Elwin Hubbard. They lived together for some time. He had the OTO, Ordo Templi Orientis Lodge at Pasadena, and corresponded with Crowley, trying to bring forth this Babylonian or this scarlet woman. They bring her forth, or she appears, a woman by the name of Cameron, who Parsons ends up marrying. Uh, and it just so happens that they're trying to bring forth this moon child. Well, but, and it just got crazy, and then he got stabbed in the back by Elwin Hubbard, and Elwin Hubbard started Scientology, which his son wrote about in a book called Elwin Hubbard, Messiah, Madman, before he died, and he wrote a song, a, a, a chapter called Elwin Hubbard and the Beast, and he said, my dad was a Satanist. We have an audio, a video of him actually talking about his dad was a Satanist, and he followed Crowley. So this gets really wild, yes. but what's interesting about this is they're trying to contact this scarlet uh, woman. She appears, supposedly, a woman appeared, and she's in the magic until she did her own brand of OTO after Parsons. Parsons blew up in a rocket experiment. You think, man, you can't make this stuff. It'd be like a, a movie. Well, NBC did a whole series about him just two years ago, six-part series. Well, let me just say this. <laughs> Scarlet Witch, who's in the movie, in the comics, she brings forth children through uh, uh, cohabiting in a spiritual way, drawing power from Mephisto, who is, for all intents and purposes, is the main devil of, of Marvel. And she's able to draw children from him, and it's like this this kind of. And she's a Scarlet Witch, you know, not Scarlet Witch. She's called the Scarlet Witch, and she brings forth these children. Well, these children get absorbed when Mephisto finds out what she's done, and he absorbs uh, these children back into his power. Mm. But then they're reincarnated, uh, these two children, and one of them's name is Wiccan. Well, Wicca is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, growing religion That's right. among 
young people. And Wicca was started. People can just do a search, Wicca, by Gerald Gardner, mm-hmm. a member of Crowley's OTO. So this is just, Satan's got his hands everywhere in this. And and the last movie, Doctor Strange, is a full-blown, you know, uh, commercial for impressionable youth in many cases by the millions of the occult yep. and its power and what can be found there. Hey, Pastor Joe, we've got to add that uh, Wicca is a 501c3, the Wiccan International Church, and so they consider themselves a religion, and they are actually, uh, their, their public school system has been teaching lesson plans on Harry Potter. You can actually look it up at some schools, or it used to be on the NEA website, the National Education Association, Harry Potter lesson plans. So let's go back to the 1990s. I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit here, but this sets up how influential and popular these comics and these superheroes are, that it is demonic demonically driven and occult-based, the Harry Potter brand took off in the 90s. It's a billion-dollar industry, and it really promotes the occult. Would you like to just share your thoughts briefly on that? Yeah, it, it, it uh, absolutely does. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we're going way back. Uh, you mean specifically as far as its history? No, I mean, just we know how the occult influence has you know, played into the Harry Potter brand. But it, it's widely accepted even among, you know, Christians because we just look at it as entertainment, right? Yeah, right. We did an article on, a, you know, we were pointing out that, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling, she literally, she stated that when she first got the idea, she was practically homeless and she was on a train. I think she was in Man- going to Manchester area. Harry Potter just rolled into her consciousness and... uh she just started, it was like she was taking notes, you know, and then Harry and so forth and all these ideas. And, I mean, the Bible warns in First Timothy 4 that in the last days, Paul says he warns that the Holy Spirit speaks expressly that some will depart, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Mm-hmm. And then she stated later that she has aud- audible narration when she writes that she takes, like she's taking notes. So we got demonic entities. Uh, she has characters like Madame Blavatsky. Mm-hmm. The Blavatsky's name is just scrambled, and you, it's an acronym. I mean, it's, it's I'm sorry, it's a, uh, it's just, it's you unscramble the name, it's Blavatsky, and it's a sorceress. And Madame Blavatsky, her, she said that, you know, Satan is our, is our Lord and Redeemer, you know, and uh, she promoted the occult radically. So, and we get into, we have a video on Harry Potter as well, where we show yes. uh, his, his history, but we have a, another movie called Hollywood's War and God, where we basically show that it looks like Harry Potter was made in the image of like strange Lester Crowley, you know, <laughs> 11 years old. You know, he has a special mark on him. Crowley had a mark on him uh, since he was born, which he was he felt was a cult mark. His was a uh, more like a swastika looking thing. Mm-hmm. Where Harry's is a, a a lightning bolt, and that 11 was Crowley's magical number. Uh, you know, in fact, he spells magic M A G I C and adds a uh, K at the end because it's 11th letter of the alphabet, and it says Kabbalistic magic number. Well, Harry Potter loves the number 11. When he gets his wand, it has to be 11 inches long. I mean, again, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, really. And by the way, if somebody's like, well, you know, I don't even know that stuff when I read through Harry Potter, but keep in mind, and this is another thing, we need to keep in mind that the occult, witchcraft, you know, sorcery, is on the same list as murderers and thieves and, and, and the sexually perverse of those who won't, uh, you know, who goes like a fire. This is very important that we realize, do we really believe God's Word? Yes. And if we do, we have to say, wow, 
he puts in the same category. I can't wink at it. And sometimes people, they uh, try to help. I said, Lord, please help me help them understand mm. that you can't just look at sorcery as, you know, it's not a big deal. And what happens is folks will sometimes say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not real. It's, it's, it's imaginary. And it's, 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 you know, there's not really a Hogwarts school of, you know, sorcery or wizardry. It's just, it's an imaginary place. And then what I say to him, I said, well, what if I wrote a book and it was about having orgies, sexual orgies and everything, but it was all fantasy. It wasn't any, you know, real people. Would that be acceptable for your children to read? Hmm. Of course, any Christian parents would say, that's disgusting. I would never do that. That's right. Well, we don't see God's heart in this because guess what? Sexual perversion, as we see it, as being so wicked because we see what it does to the human relationship, God in his word draws, draws a parallel between sexual perversion and sorcery. Yes. Because sorcery is adultery against God. Hmm. It's the worshiping other gods and getting into the dark forces. It hurts God's heart the same way. In fact, our sexuality is a mere picture in our faithfulness to God, and our wives, I should say, and, and so forth, is a picture of our faithfulness to God. And when we get into sorcery, we're saying, you don't matter. In fact, I'll give you an example. And this is what Alan Moore has written about regarding sexual perversion. He had a series that went, I think, for 17 years, the top writer of Marvel in D.C. Uh, has voted the top writer in the last four-year comic book review. You look at the top 100 writers, he's number one. Wow. Of the Shakespeare of, of graphic novels and you know, and he puts do what thou wilt and so forth in the mouth of uh, V and V for Vendetta as the hero. He's a follower of Crowley's teachings in many ways is magic. Well, uh, you know, he's the one who said that, you know, Crowley makes the Satanists the good guys. For, I think it's 17 years he did Lost Girls. And guess what? This is, I mean, it's as wicked as this is. He takes young girls and he puts them in sexual experiences with, uh, you know, older people. Uh, it's, it's pedophilic. It's porn. Yeah. You know, I haven't even looked at it because I read about. It. I'm like, I don't even want to look in those mm. comics because and investigate it. But he said enough in his interviews. I was like, wow. So he takes uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. He takes Wendy from Peter Pan. Takes Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Young, you know, gals. Mm. He puts them in sexual experiences over and over again. Uh. In fact, there's a gal as young as 14. Uh, he's putting his incestuous things going on there. And he was interviewed by the uh, BBC, uh, basically their hardline show where they question you. And, and, and the interviewer says, this is, this is, uh, uh, a lot of people are saying this is child porn, what you're putting, what that you're putting out. He says, you know, he goes, yes, he doesn't deny it. Wow. He said, it is pornography. He said, it is pornography. He goes, but you notice I'm not using any real kids, you know, as though that justifies exactly. it. Exactly. So it, it's sick. Hey. So everybody that's listening is saying, that's wicked. Well, guess what? Yes, it is. When you it, fantasize about the occult, that breaks God's heart in the same way. And I just wish, and, and the parents that are listening that have gotten into that themselves or allowed their kids to get into it, we love you. We love you so much. And you just weren't aware, you know, but yes. we want, you, want to make you aware. This grieves the Holy Spirit. And I really believe the Lord wants us to take a stand yep. because. Dave, and I'll take a breath after I say this, yep. when you go to Acts chapter 19, uh, it says that the church at Ephesus, they didn't know what they were into. When they realized what they were into, it says they burned all their books on magic. And it says the amount of those, the amount of those books, in King James it says 50,000, it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. I think the New Living Translation modernizes it so we can understand, it says it was worth many millions of dollars. Wow. They took a stand and they repudiated. I'm not saying go and burn your books, but, you know, tear them up. Don't give them out. They're poison. Your books are magic. And we, as Christians, we need to renounce these things, repudiate them, and live for Jesus. Our lives are short. 
We're vapors and we stand before God. May we be right with him and glorify his holy name. Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor Joe Schimmel, we've got another segment with you, and we're going to talk when we come back about some of the writers and movie producers that are involved in the occult and contacting demonic entities. We're talking about the project from Good Night Ministries, Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda, and exposes anti-biblical messages in pop culture. Thank you guys so much for staying with us. We've got a lot more to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest, Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries and uh, actually Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. Uh, I want to read this comment from Richard. He commented on Marvel's uh, DC, A War on God, and uh, the Antichrist Agenda. He said, thank you for your in-depth exposure of the evil and corruption. I know these are the last days, and Satan has already infiltrated the culture to such an alarming extent. Also, thank you for presenting our Christian worldview so we can do what we are instructed to do to save the ones that are being deceived. And Pastor Joe, that's your heart in this, to save those who are being deceived. Uh, Let's jump into the next question, and that is... um, what can you tell us about the movie producers and writers, some of the writers, just maybe a couple of the most prominent ones that you know or they've admitted, you know they're involved in the occult and contacting demonic entities? Well, yeah, let's take some of the, let's take not some of, but the top writers. If you go to Comic Book Review and you look at the top, they, they vote every four years and uh, they're up for a new vote this year. Uh, the top three writers, I, I go through the top ten in one of our parts and we're, pretty much done with that part. I'll probably add a little bit to it. We've been done with that part for probably eight months or so, but uh, we just put them out in a specific order. And I went through the top writers. I thought, who are the top writers of, of comics? You know, I used to a couple of them. Uh, and then I thought, well, because we get, you know, voted in every four years, as I said. And when you look, I looked at the top writers. I'm not kidding, Dave. Every single one of them was writing, promoting the occult. Uh, most every yeah. one of them, if not every one of them, was promoting uh, Lester Crowley. The Satanist in one way or another. Sure. But let's just take uh, the top uh, two or three writers. The top writer is Alan Moore, the second writer voted by Comic Book Review, the top fanzine site on the internet. Uh, the second uh, writer after uh, Alan Moore is Grant Morrison. Both of these men, okay, are into uh, the occult. Both of them are into practicing Satanist Alessa Crowley's magic. Both of them have contacted demonic entities. Uh, Alan Moore said that. Uh, you know, he, that he's contacted a demon, a, a demon of cinema, you know, uh, uh, Grant Morrison, both these guys couldn't write worth a lick until they started practicing Crowley's magic. Uh, John, they're channeling spirits, I believe. In fact, they acknowledge that they, uh, that they are inspi- inspired by these spirits with what they write. And they just so happen to become the top writers while well, we wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a little, the darkness of this world. In fact, it's interesting. And this was really interesting you, Dave, because You've written a lot and, and talked a lot about uh, through the years on just propaganda and, and how yep. the, the left, you know, which is a lot of the left policies are based on occult ideas and so forth. Uh, well, no kidding. Uh, Alan Moore, yep. he's the one who said that Satanists, you know, that uh, Crowley made the, 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 the Satanists the good guys. Well, he says he's like Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda minister of the Nazis, but he uses art. You know, he does it. He's a propaganda minister through art. Wow. You know, he says art is propaganda. Uh, no kidding. You have 
him promoting Crowley's, like I mentioned, V and V for Vendetta, big movie that came out years. It got rave reviews from ministries that just missed it, didn't realize. They thought, oh, it's against fascism and so forth. And I thought, no, I read, I read the graphic novel <laughs> that it was based upon, and the, the symbol of the fascist is a cross, and it represents Christianity, and the hero is V, and he starts off with him going into the minister's home, knocking on the door, saying, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. That's quoting from Simply for the Devil, and, he, and then he kills this guy. And that's how the graphic novel starts, and it makes the, the, the minister a pedophile, and therefore the Satanist is a good guy. And throughout the comic, he's saying, do what thou wilt, which is Crowley's quoting to Lester Crowley. So this is Alan Moore, the top writer, and a lot of his comics have been made into uh, movies like The Watchmen. In fact, no kidding, Dave, Time Magazine called The Watchmen one of the greatest pieces of literature in the English language that was ever written. They put it in its top 100 oh uh, literary works. And this is Alan Moore contact with demonic entities. He's the man who turned Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, Wendy from Peter Pan, Alice from Alice Wonderland, into, uh, you know, basically sexual nymphs and lost girls and, and glorifies pedophilia. Hmm. So this is the top writer, right? Well, guess what? Grant Morrison is just as bad, and he's the second writer. And keep in mind, these are the ones who have, you know, written for, you know, whether it's Batman or Superman or Spider-Man, these are yeah. the main writers behind so many of these comics that are so popular. And uh, Grant Morrison, uh, I'll just cut the chase on him, him. Uh, he talks about how to practice sigil magic, and he gives lectures to kids, fans, that come by, you know, they're screaming their braces off. These young kids, it's like <laughs> the Beatles, you know, come out and they're you know, hung on every word because he's such a fascinating writer. Well, guess what? Yeah, he's writing under the power of the rulers of darkness of this world. He claims that he was in his uncle's house and, and uh he saw a book by Lester Crowley. He started reading it, started practicing Crowley's magic, and he became this incredible writer. And he says, he mentions demons, that you're getting in touch with these demons. He says when he practices magic, he, these demons, if you contact them, that he's talking about contacting, uh, they come with really dark energy, so you've got to be careful. It's like Crowley warned, well, the Bible warns you're not supposed to contact these entities at all. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's interesting, he is at a disinfo conference. And at the disinfo conference, Put on by Richard Metzger, he was a presenter uh, for you know English television, BBC. If my memory serves me right, and he has a big projection of Satanist Alessa Crowley in the background with six 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 under him, mm. and he said, "You need to buy his books." So they're just straight out telling kids to buy his wow. books. You need to practice his magic. He starts giving them a lesson on how to contact spiritual entities, and he says, "This is how I got so big." And I'm not, I mean, bro, this goes way beyond what I was able to expose and they sold their souls for rock and roll yep. because wow. you're having these guys straight up call these guys out. And Metzger, who has disinfo.com, he says, you know, of, of the second top writer all time right now, of Grant Morrison, he says he shoots these candy coated bullets into the brains of kids and the parents are none the wiser wow. and it gets them nice and blanked up. Okay. Mm. And I'll give you another example of a, a writer, and that would be Joss Whedon, because a lot of people listening, they've probably seen Agents of the Shield, very popular television show for a number of years, uh, with a, you know different comic characters. He was a director, and uh, also he did uh, the Avengers movie. He did the Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, these are the top. This is the top movie genre ever, right? And Joss Whedon also is a writer. Well, listen to the award he you'll you'll realize how rich this is. Uh, Dave, 
he's been uh, receiving an award, Outstanding Lifetime Achievement Award in Cultural Humanism at Harvard University at the Memorial Church there. Oh, my goodness. And had a speech. And he, you know, we have his speech, not just we have the visual of his speech. It's online. He says, how do we codify our moral structure without the sky bully looking down on us, telling us what we're supposed to do, you know? And he talks about the he talks about the enemy of humanism is not faith. The enemy of humanism is hate, is fear, is ignorance. The darker part of man that is in every humanist. But he wants us to ditch God because he says no real evidence of God. Put your faith in humans, which you just mentioned are filled with hate, you know, yeah. and uh, darkness. So mm. we're supposed to put our faith in darkness. The Bible says God is light, and there's no darkness in him at all. But he's promoting this view that God's a sky bully. Through right. the top movies, because in Avengers Age of Ultron, Ultron represents Yahweh again. And in fact, he sets up his headquarters in a church. He says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. You know, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Jesus said. He's quoting Jesus. And when they're saying, you're evil, you're bad, he goes, what, you know, what are you going to do? He goes, ask Noah what happened, you know? So he's identifying with the biblical God. He says, sometimes God has to wind up and throw a stone you know, think of Daniel and the stone without, you know, hands that, that destroys the wicked in the world. And he's portrayed as evil, and the world has to bind together to come against him. The same thing happened in the movie, the biggest uh, Marvel movie ever, uh, the Avengers Endgame, where Thanos comes from the heavens, right? And he is on a ship that's called the Sanctuary, and he has a heavenly rest and a paradise, and he, just, and he comes to, to, to judge the world. And he says, I am. I am is how he describes himself, pregnant, pause, you know, inevitable. I am. That's And, brother, by the way, that's what got me into, Lord, I saw that trailer. I wasn't going to these movies anywhere because I saw that they made the, 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 the top villain. He had a lot of Christ attributes. And the wicked and evil and playboys and stuff, you know, like Iron Man, big playboy, they were the heroes. And then when I saw that trailer, I said, Lord, now it's in your face, and I prayed, yep. and then it was all the bets were off. So let me just say this about that that movie: all the world gets together through Iron Man leading them, and then Doctor Strange he's he handles the spiritual threats. So he opens up these occult portals to the mystical world, and the mystical world joins with the the, the humans, Iron Man and Doctor Strange, representing both worlds, and they come together to defeat. This I am. Does that sound familiar? Yes. That sounds like the book of Revelation, wow. inside out and upside down. And let me give you one last tidbit, which <laughs> should really open up the eyes of your audience. Uh, who's the biggest actor the last 15 years? It was, of course, it's been the center of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. Now they're shifting a bit to the Spider-Man character and so forth. Uh, but uh, Robert Downey Jr., guess how he gets his part? In the first Avengers movie, he went, he's been washed up. He never he got a really big start. He's in and out of prison and jail for drugs and you know guns, all kinds of stuff. And then he actually, uh, you know, uh, basically says, "I tried to practice my parts to get the Iron Man role in three different ways." And to really appreciate this, Grant Grant Morrison, who was teaching the kids sigil magic, Grant Morrison says to get in touch with the spirit of Hermes in ancient. The Bible says the gods of nations are demons, right? Mm-hmm. To get in touch with Hermes. Put out comics of Flash, because they're both speed, have speed. Play Ray of Light by Madonna, because it's about speed. Take some speed, you know, as a suggestion. And, and then you'll, you'll attract, by doing this magic, the spirit of Hermes. Well, guess what? Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. said, I got 
pictures of Iron Man from the comics out. And I spread them out. I got a sandstone wand. He said, I practiced the most intense ritualistic magic I'd ever, or ritual I'd ever done. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, who knew that he was even doing that? And I didn't see anybody report on I put those quotes. I thought, no Christians report on this, you know? And then he says, if Aleister Crowley had a little brother, what down he said, I was the S-H-I-T. Wow. I was it. Yep, wow, so Robert bro, Downey Jr. Bit, that's right. So, He's Joe, we've we've just we've just got two and a half minutes left. And I want to just ask the final question. Uh, you decided to do a seven part series, and of course, you kicked it off with Marvel and DC's War on God. Why did you decide on a seven part series, and how do you decide what goes into each one? What and what can we expect next? <laughs> I know two and a half that's minutes. Two, Go. No, <laughs> no, that that that's two 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 and a half minutes is fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually perfect because it, it, it's a simple answer. Uh, when I was putting all this together, I was like, Lord, this is so much deeper than I realized. And it became an over 10-hour expose, kind of like they sold their souls for rock and roll, which we turned into a three-hour video for those who wanted the Reader's Digest version, and the 10-hour version gets more in-depth, right? So we had this 10-hour version, and, and you know, COVID was happening and everything. And I was like, man, this is just so long to watch and so forth. And at one of our Good Fight meetings, uh, a brother said, hey, uh, why don't you guys, why don't we consider breaking this into parts well i didn't have to think about it that was an answer to prayer praise god and i was like you know so boom i'd be broken into seven parts the first one just came out in april we're putting the doctor strange one out uh early or sometime I'll, i want to say early but sometime my next month and so forth so i i had i was like you know what there's i already had it in sections right so i had a section on the top 10 writers and i had a section on this so instead of just putting it out as, as a longer video i just thought i was already doing it in sections so i said yeah Let's do that. That way we can start giving, uh, warning the church right now. That's great. And so that's where we're at with that. Great. Well, Joe, uh, goodfight.org, is that the best place people can order the DVD? Yeah, that, that'll take them to our, our main site on Marvel, but goodfight.org, they'll see it right up front when they get their data. Great. But thanks so much for all the awesome work you do, bro. You've been a huge blessing. Well, you guys put out some great content. God bless you, and thanks again for taking the time this morning. Thank you, bro. Press on Jesus. God bless. All right. Joe Schimmel, Simi Valley, California. Tomorrow on the podcast, we'll go from California over to Florida and connect with Dran Reese. She is the founder and president of the Salt and Light Council. And then we'll finish diving into the transgender timeline tomorrow. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.